Hey friend, you're listening to Life Coach In Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. Each week, I'll bring you inspiration, motivation, and empowering learnings to help you navigate life's unexpected terrains. I believe that the more we know, the faster we grow. So each week, I'll be teaching high-level coaching concepts that you can apply to your real life. Here's to accomplishing big dreams, believing in your inner champion, and living a life filled with ease and joy. Like all navigational tools in the 21st century, I fit right in your pocket. I'm a life coach in your pocket. Happy listening. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket with me, your certified life coach, Rachel Bailey. I have with me today, Jessica Lanes, who grew up in New York, New Jersey area. And what's interesting about Jessica is that she fell in love with horses at a very young age and became an equestrian athlete. She was on track to train for the Olympics until she had a tragic accident. And after injuring her back really badly, she had to give up on that dream, which I'm going to let her talk about today, which was a really big deal for her. And then she had to redefine who she was, figure out what does physical health look like? What does mental health look like? What does emotional health and spiritual health look like? after redefining who you are. Um, Another really cool thing about Jessica that I'm excited to let you know is that she is now a competitive bodybuilder. She competed in the NPC bikini competitions, and she also is an MLM coach and a health coach. And I met Jessica actually um, in my own business and at Genius Unlocked because Jessica came to Genius Unlocked to get certified in timeline therapy and NLP. And I am one of her or was one of her trainers pre-certification and now she is certified in those modalities. So hi, Jessica, welcome. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to share my story with your listeners. I'm just excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited you're here too, Jessica. And to give people context, I didn't actually ask your permission to share this. So I'm going to ask now live. And if you say no, we'll delete it. (laughs) I was, I was actually the one that that did your trauma release for the back injury that you experienced when you were an equestrian rider training with an Olympic athlete, right? You were on Mm -hmm. track to become an Olympian yourself. That was your goal. And then you had this tragic accident. So I know a lot about what that was like for you just because I did that trauma release for you, but share with everyone, what was that like? How did that happen? First of all, cause we, people don't have that context. And then what was that like for you? Um, yeah. So basically I started riding horses when I was seven years old and it was kind of ingrained in my blood. Like, I feel like people who become equestrians, they, it's something that horses are always, they're just drawn to them. Like, Mm -hmm. so from the time I was seven, um, like I had ponies early, I was riding a lot. Um, my parents would like wake up really early to get me to horse shows that were three hours away. So we'd get up at like three o'clock in the morning and I would drive forever, compete and then drive home. Like it was, it's a lifestyle. It's, yeah, it's kind of who you are. So, um, my whole life has, was, building to, you know, my dream was to become an Olympian yeah, to represent the United States and for the sport it's called three day eventing. And for those who don't know, it's like triathlon for horses. So it's like, there's three compulsory phases. There's like a dressage phase, which would be kind of similar to your ice skating, right? They give you certain Mm -hmm. movements. You have to compete to them. The horse has to perform them. And then, um, the second phase is called cross country It's where you gallop for miles and miles and you jump, you know, big logs, trees, rivers, it's running cross country. And then the last phase is sometimes people see it on um, TV. It's like sh- uh, called show jumping. So that's where the jumps fall down if you hit them. Okay. So it's very grueling and um, that's what I'm looking for. It's just, it takes a lot out of the r- a rider and the horse. Like it's, it's all in like you're yeah. training one horse in that sport. Like you have to do their endurance and it's like I said, it's your whole total lifestyle. So when I was on track, I did young riders for 
um, which is like the up and coming young people under 21, they go and compete. And, you know, I did a lot of clinics. I trained with a very um, amazing Olympic rider. He's still competing in the Olympics today, um, right after college. So my whole life was like on track to do that until I got on one horse. Um, I was trying to help a friend train her young horse. She got him from Europe. He was five years old, hadn't really ever been broke. And I got on him and, um, yeah, it just broke bad. And I ended up being thrown. I hit my back, hit a wall and I kind of just my vertebrae, just, they went the wrong way. Um, I probably had a really bad concussion as an athlete and an equestrian, you kind of just brush it off. Like you're told, like if you fall off, you just get back on. Mm. Um, so I didn't really do anything about it. I just kept going. And that was in 2002. Well, okay. So when you hit the wall, obviously you were in a lot of pain. Could you, were you able to stand up and walk? Like what happened? Uh, well, so I did not get back on that horse that day. I did stand up and I walked, um, to, so I don't remember. It's kind of fuzzy. I don't remember all of it. I walked to the, um, there's like a viewing area in, I it was in an indoor arena where I fell, um, walked to this viewing area. I remember laying on the couch. I remember being kind of like goofy, like semi like coherent, not really. I do know my friends stopped by to see me when he heard I fell off and, um, he was law enforcement and we were just talking about like law enforcement things. And I asked to see his weapon and I never asked those kind of things, which is kind of weird. Like my head just wasn't, I obviously had a concussion. I wasn't feeling like myself. Cause yeah, I don't really care about that stuff, but <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So when did it set in that this was going to be life altering this injury? Um, so I had some pain here and there. Like I said, I just kind of ignored it. Um, I would go to the chiropractor every once in a while throughout the years. And it just, I would keep riding. I mean, I would ride eight, 10 horses a day. Like it wasn't like I rode one horse, like you were at the barn. Like that was your life. You were riding, you're competing, you're, you know, everything. Um, so it's very physically active. Um, so, but it wasn't until after I had my son. So he was born in 2011 that I actually started having like more back pain per se. Like I remember when I got my epidural, the anesthesiologist, like, he's like, wow, your back's like, you could hardly get the needle in to do the epidural because mm. my root vertebrae are kind of all fused and not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like I don't arch like I'm supposed to in the low back. So, um, but yeah, it wasn't until I had an MRI and I think it was around, um, I don't even know. My son was probably like four. He was born in 2011. So I don't even know what year I get confused, but anyway, I went to the doctor. Yeah. He's like, you're back. Like, this is how your back is. It's never going to get better than this. It's only going to get worse. You need to make a decision how you want your life to be. Do you want to continue riding. He'll never tell me like not to do it, but there's a good chance once you're over 50, you could end up in a wheelchair or, you know, don't ride anymore and, you know, not be in a wheelchair. So, uh, I side note, I did IVF to get pregnant. It took me five years to have my son. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't one of those. I didn't want not to be able to do all the things with him. Like he was right. still like four or five years old. I, I wanted to be able to hike and bike and do the things that right. he wanted to do. And so I chose to step away from riding. Now that obviously was a devastating decision. What was going through your head when the doctor said, Hey, if you keep riding, you're going to end up in a wheelchair. Um, well, obviously I was scared of it. Um, but part of like, and I don't, I don't know, I wasn't ready to admit this to myself until recently, but part of me, I think might've felt relief a little bit because when you start at such a young age and you're like, that's your goal, like your whole life. Like I missed a lot of stuff in high school. Um, I went to prom, but I didn't do like after party prom and all that stuff. Cause I had a horse show that weekend. So I went to prom and I went home and got ready for the horse show. Um, you miss out a lot of stuff. Cause like your whole life is like preparing and doing, and that's a choice that I made. However, <clears throat> once I became a mom, I felt a lot of guilt going and riding for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day and having someone else have to watch my son and all that kind of stuff. So part of me was really 
sad, but then I think through the work that we've done, a part of me was relieved that I could kind of step away and have a life outside of horses, but I didn't know what that looked like. That's what I'm really interested to talk to you about today is because what I'm hearing you say, Jessica, is that writing was your whole entire life. Like your identity was, I am an equestrian. Yeah. The doctors told you, you can't ride anymore. And that completely takes away your whole identity. So what was that like for you to redefine who you are as at, and now just so listeners know in coaching, we call this the ego. And I don't mean ego, like egotistical or proud, but the ego understands who we are with labels right? And now this label has just been ripped off. And so your ego is left to kind of flounder around and not know who you are for a long time. So what was that like for you? Um, I felt lost. Um, I feel like I would, I tried to hide a little bit, you know, and like I threw myself into doing a whole bunch of other stuff and didn't want to admit that, um, this was what was happening to me. I had at the time when this happened, I had, I had a client, um, I trained her horse. And so I had to have the, that hard conversation with her that I was choosing to step away and I could no longer train a horse. I had two sales horses that I had bought off the track. They were four and five year old race horses that I had to then find homes for. Um, it was a lot of, I had a lot of sadness, a lot of fear of not knowing what I was going to do. Um, and like, and I had a lot of energy that wasn't being expand, like expelled anymore, like being physically doing stuff all the time to then all of a sudden not doing that. Um, so it was, it was a lot of like uncertainty, I guess was what was going through at that time. Right. And at that time, I'm going to make some assumptions here. Number one, your physical health has just taken a huge hit because, First of all, you're back, but now you're not writing every day. Um, and then also it sounds like your emotional and mental health because you don't know who you are. You're feeling sad, fear, uncertain. Did you suffer from depression at all or anxiety? So I've never, I don't think I've, no, I would say no. I've never had, I've never been diagnosed with depression. I've never and I don't know if this has to do with being an athlete and doing what I've been doing for so long, but for so long, it's that you're drilled in, like you have to be mentally tough. Like you just, you have to get over it. Like I would fall off horses all the time. I'd get injured all the time. This wasn't the first injury I've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it was kind of drilled into you, like suck it up, get over it. You're fine. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which I don't know if that's the right way to do mental health. Probably not. Um, <laughs> But, but that's kind of what was drilled into me. Um, so yeah, like I don't, I never got depressed. I just, I started working out. I went to the gym. I was on the treadmill. <laughs> I run a bunch until I couldn't run because my knee hurt. Um, I'd bike a bunch. So uh, I'd go hiking and do those kind of things. I'd take my son for really long walks, you know, in his, that stroller thing, Bob, whatever that stroller is that we had that yeah. So yeah, I just tried to find other things to, um, pour myself into. So I didn't think about it. I would say to me, that sounds like you were really mentally tough and I'm curious what allowed you to be that mentally tough. Like if you were going to give someone advice or tips on how to be more mentally tough, what would you attribute your mental toughness to? Um, so what's coming up for me right now is basically like standards, like how you hold yourself to what standard you hold your life to. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't let myself think about the bad things that were happening to me because I had to, had to be a good mom. Like I had to be there and show what it was like for my, like I need to show up for my son. I couldn't not do that. Um, especially after trying five years to get him or have him, um, like my whole thing was I didn't want him as he grew up to know his mom who was who was weak like I didn't want to be known or seen as that weak person so 
Um, so I'd set really high standards for myself. So I would, you know, I'd had to do certain things every day. I had to work out. I had to, um, yeah, just get up and get stuff done and keep myself busy. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, I think that's great. I mean, there's a fine line, right? Cause you're like, Oh, suck it up. I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I think I would say there's a fine line. Like there has to be, you have to have some of that in your life. You have to be able to, at some point be like, you know what? I'm choosing to be strong today. I'm choosing to move forward. Um, and then there's a dangerous side of like never allowing yourself to have a bad moment, right. Or have a bad day. And that's the thing that I think I'm, it's a balance, right? So yeah. you need to acknowledge how you're feeling, the feelings that are going on inside you, acknowledge what those mean and what those rep- represent to you, find out why you're feeling the way you're feeling, why your body's doing what it's doing, and then and then move on from there, not just always pushing through. Like I was always pushing through the pain. So I went to, became a bodybuilder. Like I started doing the NPC um, bikini competitions because I was going to the gym all the time. Someone approached me at the gym. They're like, Hey, like you're, I'm tall. I'm five foot 10. I'm a very tall woman. Um, They're like, you have a great um, physique. You could totally do bodybuilding. Uh, At first I said no, because the thought of standing in a tiny, really tiny bikini and four inch heels on a stage and have everyone stare at you is not like I'm, I'm, I'm mentally tough. I didn't have a lot of self-confidence. Yeah. So, um, but I talked to my husband about it and he thought it was a great idea. And it would be that like, step out of your comfort zone, learn something different, like push yourself a little harder. So I was like, sure, why not? So I started training in like January by March, because it's a, that's grueling too. I was (laughs) doing 45 minutes of fasted cardio. I'd get up at five, run to the gym, do the Stairmaster for 45 minutes, go home, eat my meal, which I had was all like planned out, Uh, go back to the gym, lift for like an hour, probably roughly an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending if you're doing leg day or not. And then do another 40 minutes of cardio right after lifting and having some meal in between there because you're supposed to eat every three hours. So like, it's like, yeah. That became my life then, like when I wasn't working, doing like, you know, being a mom, I was at the gym. And um, <clears throat> so then I hurt myself, my back gave out in, in March. So I started in January, March, I went to physical, I had to start going to physical therapy and it wasn't, they're like, this is not good for someone with who has a back like you have. And I'm like, that's fine. Just fix it. <laughs> keep going. Um, so yeah, so I was still eating the meal plan. I was doing physical therapy. I stopped lifting as much, but I stayed on the diet. Cause like, if you stay on the diet, you don't lose as much muscle tone and that kind of stuff, even though you're yeah. not lifting, right. um, supposed to do the show in April, the show was supposed to be in April. So I ended up having to postpone it because I couldn't stand hardly. I couldn't lift. I wasn't building and getting any gains. Yeah. We pushed it back to August. Um, I don't know where I was going with the story. (laughs) That's okay. I think what I'm hearing is a lot of resilience, a lot of like overcoming of obstacles and you just kept going. You kind of remind me, Jessica, do you know who David Goggins is? I don't, but I'll Google him. (laughs) So David Goggins, he has this whole like brand. He's basically, he went to the military. So he's, ex-Navy SEAL well not ex-Navy SEAL former I guess is the correct term former Navy SEAL who's like literally was 200 pounds of just pure fat and then had to like push himself to the limit to the edge to get to Navy SEAL status and his whole thing my husband loves him and I'm on the fence because his whole thing is just like, I don't care if your back is broken, you, you get, you get it done. That's his whole message and people love him. And I think he is great. I think that is great mental strength that a lot of people don't have it. I would say if I'm looking at our society as a whole, I'd say most people err on the side of, I need to stay in my comfort zone. I want to stay on the couch. I want to play one more video game. I want to watch one more show. I want to eat one more cookie. Right. And so I think his message speaks to the majority of people but then there's this level of well what about 
if you're so extreme with your your physical grit and grind where is the line with your mental and emotional health um so i and, and I don't mean you remind him of me because of that part. I just meant your mental toughness. You're like, this didn't work out, but I found a way around it. This didn't work out, but I found a way around it. And I wasn't able to do my show in March. So I went ahead and did it in August. I think that's really commendable. My question for you, Jessica, would be, how do you now balance? Because I know that you're now a coach that focuses on holistic health. And that's kind of the, the interesting transition, right? It's looking at your past where you're like, just do it, just get it done. What's shifted for you to be more in balance with your mental and emotional and spiritual health? Yeah, so I will admit it's been a hard transition and there's still some days where I have this little voice in my head that's like, you're being a bitch, just get stuff done. Like, so, um, but trying to find the balance there. So I feel like, um, a lot of it comes down to just like being okay and being present in your body, being, knowing who, like how you're feeling at that day. Like I'll give you an example today. Um, I'm in South Carolina. It's going to be 34 degrees tonight. That's really cold here. So I had to bring all my plants in. I plan on working out. I plan on doing all this stuff. My lady friends showing up today. So I'm not feeling so like I listened to my body and I was like, okay, like what are the important things I need to get done today? I got the plants moved in. I didn't work out. The old me would have gave myself really hard time about that and like beating myself up for not honoring that set. Cause in the morning I was like, okay, I'm going to work out. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. Um, but just being really present with like how I'm feeling in that day, what I need, what, um, yeah. And like listening to my intuition more. Cause I feel like as someone who is like, no, you have to push, push, push. Sometimes you don't allow yourself to hear those, that, that inner voice, that connection to like source, God, the universe, whatever you call it. Um, that's actually showing you where you need to be going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to, um, at this point now, like when I was really devastated, when I wasn't able to ride, I feel like there was a reason that I was meant for something different, right? Um, this universe had a different plan for me. I wasn't meant to go to the Olympics, even though that's what I wanted. And there's tons of little girls who start off and in equestrian and that's their dream and only a handful make it right. I mean, it's such a, it's like all Olympic sports. It's a hard grueling thing, but to know that I'm meant for more, like that, my story didn't end there. Like that wasn't the end of my journey. I'm still on it. Um, that has helped with my mental and spiritual and physical health. I just got chills because I really did, because I think that's been one of my struggles in, I would say like a past version of myself is, okay, I accomplished this uh, now what is the journey over? Is my purpose over? Is my value over? And what I'm hearing you say, Jessica is no, you become flexible and you redefine what you're doing right now. And there's always, if we're still here, if we're still living and breathing and our heart's still beating, there's still more for us. Yeah, definitely. And, and I truly believe that. And I'm, And I didn't used to believe that I used to believe that like our journey was our journey. And that's kind of where we were going. Um, I was never, I've never been a big spiritual person. (laughs) I took really good care of my horses. They got some massages and acupuncture and actually energy work done to them. I never really, I believed in it. Like I believe in that whole, like we're all connected to universe or made up all made up of energy, but I didn't I think I consciously thought it, but I don't know if I actually deep down believed it, but now that I'm like Reiki certified and I can, you know, I'm learning Huna and breath work and I can feel it more. Does that make sense? I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Absolutely. And you, I'm just curious, what's your, do you say source or do you say God? Or do you say universe? Like what's your, (sighs) (laughs) but just for fun question. So I've, I keep toying with this and I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, right now I say universe, 
that's not to say that I don't believe there's a God. Like I, I know we're all connected to, to like, we're all made of energy. And I believe that there's more out there. Like, I don't know that I believe in the term of like heaven per se, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know that we, once we're done here, that we just go and hang out somewhere in heaven. Like, I don't want to believe that that's where my journey ends. Like, I want to believe that I come back and learn new things. And I, maybe I'm a different person, but I still, I feel like we have past lives that we're connected to. And then if, if you listen close enough, you can maybe learn some things or hear what you've learned in the past. Sure. Sure. Just to, just to put myself on equal playing field as you, it's like, I'm asking you all these hard questions. <laughs> but I'm not really sharing. So I could share. I believe that we do go to heaven, but my definition or my understanding of heaven is a lot like what you're saying happens with reincarnation. Like I believe once we go to heaven, we're still learning constantly that our journey doesn't end here, that it goes to a different plane and we continue to learn in a spiritual realm. That's what I believe. Um, And I I say- it's funny. Yeah. So I say like on, on podcasts and in my personal life, I say, God in, when I'm coaching with someone, I typically will say universe source or God, um, because I never know what somebody's spiritual, we say in coaching IR, right. What IR is internal representation. It just means what is their picture of God? What is their picture? What, how, how do they use um, semantics when they're talking about, uh, higher power. So I will typically say universe, God, or source. And then I'll say, what do you say? <laughs> and then I'll just typically to stay in rapport in a coaching session. Cause that's a very different kind of professional. You meet your client where they're at. I will use their word, but in my own life, I typically say God. Yeah. yeah and I, when I talk to my son, like I, I, he has a little, he's 10. He has, um, a little Bible. Well, I guess it's not a little Bible anymore, but it's a picture one. So you can read the stories and see the pictures. And, you know, um, I love the stories in the Bible and I'm trying hard to just try to figure it out. I think you actually recommended a book to me that I was reading for a while. And then I started reading a whole bunch of other different personal. Was it the story? Did I I recommend the story? That was the book. And, yeah. uh, and it's interesting. And I, I'm still, I'm still working through it. I'm still trying to figure out exactly what, how I define that. Um, yeah. but that's okay. Right. I mean, we're all learning. Of course. Yeah. So it's like, and that's the thing, like, if you don't know how you connect to God source universe now, you know, that's fine. You just have to learn yeah. and see what resonates with you and what feels right for Exactly. And I think it's really cool that we're talking about this because like before we started the podcast, I was kind of asking like, you know, what do you want to talk about? And you said kind of holistic health. Mm -hmm. And then I asked you and you can share like, what is your definition of holistic health? What does that include? And what did you say? Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people get stuck when you say like, okay, I'm like you said in the beginning, I'm NLP certified. I'm timeline therapy certified. I'm also a personal trainer and I'm a sports nutritionist. So when you talk, when I walk up to someone and say, oh, I'm a, I'm a health coach, they automatically think I'm a personal trainer and I just focus on the body, right? When you think health, most people think body, how's my body doing? Um, so, but I believe like, so I believe it's a total health. So it has to do with your mindset and your, how your mind and is, you know, like how, I don't know how to write the word word is, sorry. I'm like struggling with my brain right now, but how, like how you, what you think of yourself, like what you're, what are you saying yourself on a regular basis? Um, how do you feel about your body? Like, are you comfortable in your body? Um, or are you wishing that you, your body looked something different? How, or how well are you connected to your emotions? Are you someone who doesn't let themselves feel at all? Or do you, or are you someone who feels everything and cries at commercials? That's me. I cry. <laughs> at I've been um, <laughs> right now post baby on the second one. <laughs> and spiritually wise, like spiritually, 
Are you, do you meditate? Do you um, pray? However, like, how do you go inside and let God speak to you, universe speak to you, whatever that means to you. But like, I feel like it's all connected. Like you can't have physical health without mental health and you can't have mental health without spiritual health, you know? And if you don't know what your emotions are, how are you communicating with people? You know? So it's this total ball of energy. I feel like that needs that we all just have to figure out. So when I, when someone comes to me and like, oh, I need nutrition work. Yes. And yes, (laughs) need nutrition work. Why is it that you want to eat like 20 cookies and not, you know, a salad? Right. Like, yeah. What's, what's going, going on? on? <laughs> let's yeah. let's dive into mentally why that is. Yeah. Um, so, and I feel like that's kind of, it's taken me a while to get here. You know, like I went, like being an athlete, I was always like, like I said, I was always using my body. I didn't always feel my body right. Mm-hmm. So being riding eight horses a day, sometimes I'd have breakfast that I wouldn't eat until dinner. Sometimes I'd have breakfast and have a snicker for lunch. Like that's not yeah. health. Like that wasn't <laughs> healthy. I was fit. I was skinny. I wasn't healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm laughing because same thing. I used to get on the ice literally like five minutes before lesson and I'd be eating candy. And my coach was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's energy, whatever. I'm just going to burn it off. I had no. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so and then I learned through bodybuilding. So I went from one extreme where I didn't eat anything and like (laughs) ate crap. And then I went to bodybuilding where it was so specific and I had to eat like every three hours, I had to measure out my chicken and my rice and my broccoli and my whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had to eat very specific things to learn how you to fuel your body. Now I try to intuitively eat. I try to eat all clean stuff, try to not shop the center of the supermarket, all those kind of things. The processed foods, no good for you. Yeah. But you know, I have a 10 year old. He doesn't want to eat all the good stuff yet. We're working on it. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. So you said kind of like this ball of energy for me, when you were, before you said ball of energy, the image, the IR, the image that I had in my head of holistic health is kind of like a pie chart mm-hmm. of, yeah, like mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. And so, um, when you're, I want to ask you, Jessica, when you coach people, are you mostly coaching them? on whatever area of life they say they need help with, or what does it look like to be a holistic total? Yes. So, um, I have it broken down. Like I have eight categories of health. I focus mainly on the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual, but you also have to remember we have financial health, how we feel about money that stresses like stress, right. That adds stress to our lives, which then affects our body, affects our mental mind, occupational health. Like how do you love your work? Do you like going to work every day? Do you hate going to work? Do you just work because you need money or do you, is it a pat? Are you passionate about it? Uh, Environmental health. How much um, are you connecting to the environment? Are you outside of nature? What's your relationship with the environment? You know what I mean? Like, how do you feel about it? And then there's social health, how you are with your friends, your family, that kind of stuff. So I meet people where they're at. Um, a lot of times what I'll do is most people come to me, like I said, they want to get a little bit healthier, fitter. So obviously I have the workout plans. I have the nutritional part of it, if that's what people want. But I also coach around the mental aspect of what, what's holding them back from being their healthiest version of themselves. Like, right. why are they, why do they start a workout routine, do it for 30 days and then decide it's not they're not doing it anymore. You know, like what's stopping them? What's their motivation? Why are they um, not excited about it? But it's not just, I don't just do like that physical body part, you know, I'll meet anybody where they're at and coach them through any aspects of life that they feel like they're having uh, conflict in. Cool. I think that's fantastic. And I think you know, there's so many people out there that just don't understand what the real issue is, right? Like you were saying before, like, oh, I want to get healthy, but then I do it for 30 days and stop. And I would say if there's so many people that can relate to that, hello, I'll raise my hand because we don't understand what's going on unconsciously. Why are we self-sabotaging? And that's what it is. It's self-sabotage and looking at the mental and emotional and spiritual blocks that keep tripping us up over and over and over again. And so I think that 
that's fantastic that you're helping people identify what those blocks are. Um, I would say I do that too, yet I have a slightly different niche than you. Like for people who, the people that typically come to me are kind of in two pockets. There are entrepreneurs that seek me out because they want their, they want business health and business growth. And that includes wealth too. Um, and typically what I noticed with my clients is they're doing all the things or they're trying really hard in their business, but for some reason, there's a mental block that is stopping them from that next level. So I would say that's the number one kind of client that comes to me. And the number two kind of client that comes to me is people who have had massive traumas in their life. Um, and they just want relief from whatever the post-traumatic stress journey has for them. Uh, but I just wanted to share that because people listening are going to be like, are Jessica and Rachel doing the same thing? Well, not really. I would say I, I have a different niche, whereas it sounds like your niche is for somebody who's looking for total health and wellness, whether they're an entrepreneur or not. Yeah. And right now I have someone that I do coach um, and she came to, uh, to me, basically, um, I coached her through another coach's challenge and now I'm doing her breakthrough work, but she, it's about that, um, athletic mindset, right? Like how do I become a better athlete at whatever sport it is that she's, you're doing, she's happens to be a golfer, but like someone who comes, like I might help somebody who is a bodybuilder and they're not, um, performing to their, meant like you know the top of their game yeah on the stage like they have anxiety about walking the stage I had that I had lots of anxiety about walking out onto the stage as a bodybuilder um so yeah like it's it's all about like it's I mean we both help people with mindsets right and it's just which I feel like more of the world needs that right now for sure yeah there's no there's not there is not such a thing as too many coaches. It's impossible because there are so many people in the world, everyone who has gone through stuff that is messing them up in some way, shape or form or another. Nobody's walking around with perfect, total emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, financial health. It's just, you're just not, there's always more for you. Yeah. And um, something that, that actually you know, Carson, I know Carson, Carson is one of the CEOs of Genius Unlocked. He said one time, cause I, I was getting like frustrated. I'm like, when am I going to be done doing the work? Everyone says that, right? Mm-hmm. When am I going to be done doing the work? And it's like, well, you can stop at any time, but if you're going to ask for more, whatever more means uh, a better relationship, more money, like more health. If you're going to ask for more, you're going to be doing more work. And that's just the way it is. If you want to stop where you are and get off the train tracks and be like, I'm this happy with everything as it is right now, then you're done doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always, um, like I say to people, if you're not growing, then you're actually dying. Right. Like think of a tree tree's always growing until it's not right. Right. So Um, you're always spreading your roots. You're always getting that knowledge. Um, and I feel like so many people right now have kind of, they've numbed themselves and they got into this mundane work or lifestyle or whatever it is. And they, they're not growing anymore. They're just kind of existing. Like they're, they're not, they're surviving. They're not thriving. right? Right. So, um, and that's my vision for the world is for people to take their health back, to take their mindset back to realize that they're not, you're not stuck where you are. I'm 44 years old. I'll be 45 next year. And like, I'm not done. Like I'm not, I mean, some people would say I'm halfway through my life. Am I, I don't feel like I am. Like, I feel like I have so much more to learn so much more to give. And the funny thing is, is I, before I didn't even read any (laughs) read any books. I went to college so I could be equestrian. My dad said I had to go to college, get your degree or I'm not going to pay for your horses. Okay, dad, I'm going to college. <laughs> so I got scraped through, just got by. Like I went to an engineering school, go figure. And like <laughs> scraped by, got through, got out. I have a bio degree. 
Um, some would say I don't work in a lab, um, but I am interested in like, I guess, nutritional science and like the whole uh, mindset and that kind of stuff. So I guess that's where my sciencey nerdiness comes from. But like, I feel like you just have to kind of, I just want people to like reignite that spark in them and know that they're not just stuck, you know, yeah. where they are, you know, I didn't, oh, that's where my story is going. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, I didn't, me all the like, time after college, it's a mom thing <laughs> after college. I didn't read any books. Like I would read like romance novels or like the twilight series. And like, those are my books that I read. I was like, I don't want personal growth books. That's not for me. Those are for, I don't need personal growth. Join an MLM company, start reading personal growth. Now that's all I want to read. I have like a list of books that I want to get through. Um, yeah. and it's just, I can't get enough of it. So yeah. I don't know if my brain just needed to grow more to get ready for that or, or what? <laughs> well, I, it's funny that you say that because yes, pre kind of everything, my own mental and emotional health journey. I thought self-help books were for people. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. We're for a certain type of person that was like really needy and clingy and just not getting by in life. Like that's oh, what, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I was like, self-help is for people that seriously need help. Right. And then I realized that's just the term, right? Self-help is just a term for people that are growing and they're on the mental health growth chart versus well, people. That are. And me being someone who's all, I'm mentally tough. Just push through it. You got this. I'm like, I don't need this self-help book. I've got it. Like I'm, I got grit. I got, you know, like yeah. I'm motivated. I'm driven. I'm going until I wasn't. So and then I was like, wait, what? I need <laughs> some help. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and now you're offering help to others, Jessica. So, yes. um, I know that people can obviously reach out to you to do kind of one-on-one -on -one work, but where would you recommend that they start if they're looking to kind of just get started, put their toe in the water, kind of see what you're about, see what you do. Yeah. So I'm actually doing a total health challenge. So I'm going to do it. Um, I know the holidays are coming up and everybody's everything's getting a little bit crazy busy, but I'm going to do it November 28th, which is a Monday through December 2nd, which is a Friday. So it's just a five day challenge. Uh, it's going to be an hour to an hour and a half a day in a Facebook group. It'll be via zoom and on Facebook. So, uh, if someone doesn't have Facebook, they can get the zoom recordings. Um, but I'm going to create that Facebook group, that community of people to come in so we can all talk about like what, is health. Like what's your definition of health? You know, what do you, how do you see yourself? What is your vision for your health? Like, are you where you want to be with health? If you are amazing, that's awesome. Is there some, maybe you don't want physical health. Maybe you're not looking to make your body better, but maybe you're looking to grow your spirituality. Maybe you're looking to work with your mindset. So it's all going to be about, um, yeah, all that stuff, like all about, um, how your brain works, why you, we feel the way we feel a little bit of information about nutrition, gut health, that kind of stuff, information about, um, you know, why, what's the difference between like lifting versus cardio? Why do we do different things? What does each one do for us? What's the importance of them? Um, some little spirituality stuff about, um, meditations and those kind of things. So it's a five-day challenge. It's $37. You get that the Facebook community, you get an hour of coaching or an hour of teaching every day. And then you'll get one coaching call with me for free, just to see where you're at and talk about any visions and what your, where your blocks might be. Um, and yeah, uh, so you could, it's at, um, so it's my website is just fit for life com and it's the landing page is justfitforlife.com slash total health is the okay, cool. whole oh, thing. Cool. I have a question for you. So mm -hmm. who would you say that this challenge is for if you had to put a definition um, on it? Anybody who wants to get to know themselves better hmm. basically is who I think this challenge is for. Um, I am 
I work with a lot of moms, moms who are, um, they throw their so much of themselves into their family and their household. And they sometimes put themselves on the back burner. So it's, you know, a way to maybe reignite that spark in them to find the things that they're passionate about to, um, basically just like get to know themselves a little bit better and a little bit deeper. So, um, I love that. I'm even like, Ooh, I kind of want to go. I want to learn about nutrition and gut health. Um, everyone always talks about gut health. Like I feel like that's a really popular buzzword, but I've never personally done the research. So I'm excited to come and see what you have to say about that, Jessica and everything, obviously course as well, but being somebody who's in the industry of mental health, I'm like, Oh, I want to get in there for some of this physical health stuff. That's outside my wheelhouse a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so, and there's so many different people are so confused these days about what they should do. There's so many diets out there. There's so many, like, do you do keto? Do you do this? Like, do you right. just eat protein? Do you, do you not eat carbs? Like what's, what's important? Where, where am I supposed to be? Do I eat dairy, non-dairy gluten? Am I vegetarian? Am I not a veg? Like what the heck, you know? So yeah. it's about finding out, um, your body, like figuring out your body. Some people can have dairy and have no problem. Other people can't, they have dairy intolerance, intolerance, same thing with gluten, you know, and they say yeah. gluten creates a leaky gut. I think a lot of us have a lot of we're our gut is our second brain, right? Yeah. Our gut communicates directly with our brain. So like if your gut health isn't right, like you sometimes have brain fog, aren't functioning as well as you might want to be. You know, what's so interesting about this conversation is I didn't know I was dairy intolerant, like no clue at all. But after having my son just 10 weeks ago, it was very evident that he was dairy intolerant, like was screaming his head off in the middle of the night and his poops were abnormal. Sorry, but it's just mom stuff. Like there's no filter anymore. His poops were (laughs) not normal. And so I started looking at my diet, like over the last couple of days and being like, okay, what did I eat? And then the common denominator was like oh, tons of dairy, just like kind of accidentally, like in one day, like I eat pizza and yogurt and just like all added up. Yep. So I was like, okay, cold Turkey on the dairy stuff. Like no more He Not only did he do an immediate turnaround, it's like a completely different kid, happy, no colic whatsoever. I noticed I'm doing like a lot better. And I didn't even realize that I had an intolerance. That's like the, the sneaky thing about intolerance is you get used to it. You get used to feeling like garbage. Well, and that's so many people are going through life bloated. Yep. Okay, so talking about poops, not pooping every day. Yep. You're supposed to poop every day. That's a normal thing. Like, yep. sorry, people out there in the universe, don't want to talk about poop. <laughs> um, so, you know, like it's not normal to, to feel that. And people think it's just, oh, that's just how I am. That's just who, like, that's just my body. No, your body's not running optimally. Like, so the, will you be dairy intolerant forever? Maybe not. You don't know. Like sometimes you just clean it up. Like you, um, do like a 30 day, no dairy or whatever it is. And then you can start adding, maybe it's certain dairy. Maybe it's not even all dairy. Maybe it's a certain time of cheese. Like you don't know, but like, until you do that elimination for a little while, you won't know how great you could feel. Exactly. And I've already kind of decided, I'm like, okay, I've been a year no alcohol now because my son, uh, being pregnant, obviously. And then now breastfeeding, just, I just don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, I'm never going back. There's no reason to, and I'm, I'm not here to judge anybody. Trust me. I used to love getting together with the girls and having a cocktail or whatever, but I feel so much better without it. That I'm like, why? I'm never going back there personally. I look younger now than I did two years ago, just because I gave up alcohol. Well, yeah. And, um, I like my cocktails, but I do know that like alcohol processes in your, through your body as a toxin. Mm -hmm. So when your body is getting rid of it, your liver's working over time, it it acknowledges it as a toxin. So it's not. And you're so healthy and you eat like so clean that one cocktail once in a while, not going to hurt you at all. For me, it was a problem. And I'm just like, I'm so much happier without it. 
Um, so well, anyways, I've gone through, like, I mean, when I was doing bodybuilding, you can't have alcohol or any, like you are very strict to what you're putting in your body. So I went what, 12 weeks, 30, I don't know. Well, a long time. <laughs> like, I don't know. That one time I was bodybuilding forever. I felt like, <laughs> it's like yeah. Um, anyway, not to go off on a tangent, but I'm looking forward to coming to your class, Jessica, because I want, I might know a lot about mental and NLP and timeline therapy, but there's definitely a knowledge gap for me. And I'm excited to learn what I don't know yet. It's awesome. And I'm excited to share it with you. So I feel, and that's like my biggest thing. Like when you're, it's important that we educate ourselves, that we know what different things do for our bodies and don't do it for our bodies, how it's affecting our physical self, our mental health, like our mental self and our spiritual self. Like it's all, everything's all interconnected. You can't, you can't fix the body and not fix the brain. You can't fix the brain and not fix the body. Like, right. We're one being. Exactly. Yay. So total health. I love it. I love it. Um, Thank you so much, Jessica, for just not only coming and being on the show, but just your vulnerability today and sharing your story. I really appreciate the, just the wonderful conversation that we had. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So much fun being here and sharing everything with everybody. So You're welcome. Um, And so to sign off, if you're looking to do Jessica's class, like she said, you can go to her website. It's jessfitforlife.com slash total health. I will also put that link in the show notes. So you can just scroll down and click on that for more information. All right, everybody have a great day. Remember life is a journey and you're in the driver's seat. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Life Coach in Your Pocket. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, or if you're looking to get involved in one of my coaching programs, you can reach me directly at coachrachelbailey.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.